you guys happy wednesday happy black history month thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of the green tea room i really appreciate y'all i see the memes and the gifts i see all the janet jackson fans are in the house so we have to talk about this topic um as you guys know i'm a big janet jackson fan as many of you guys are as well and um one thing i've always liked about janet is that she's definitely been more of a private celebrity you know like we grew up in the generation where celebrities they had there was like this mystique about them you know what i'm saying it was a difference between celebrities and just regular people and she always had that mystique about her so it was very dope to finally see her coming out with her official autobiography you know via a documentary so that's one thing i really liked about about it me and my girls were such big janet jackson fans but we was dead broke and I remember she came to Minneapolis. This was like back in like 97, child. She came for the Velvet Rope Tour. So we all wanted to go, but we didn't have no money. Our parents wouldn't give us money to go because the tickets were pretty expensive. So we're like, okay, well, we still going to go downtown Minneapolis. We're still going to go down there. We'll be able to hear her music on the street. So that was our plan. We're like 16. So we take the bus. We go all the way downtown Minneapolis. We get down to the Target Center and we can't hear ships. <laughs> We was like, abort plan, <laughs> go to the city center and just shop and play it off. <laughs> but that's how much, you know, fans we were of her. Like, even though we couldn't see her, we was like, okay, we still going to go and just stand outside and hopefully we can hear the tunes. Child, the mind of a 16-year-old hoodie. <laughs> so that is my crazy Miss Jackson, if you're nasty story. But now I've been a big fan of hers and I've learned a lot. I learned a lot from watching the documentary. I thought I knew a lot about Janet, but I learned a lot of new things about her as well. So Lady J, you got a chance to watch the documentary. Um, was there anything in particular that like surprised you, shocked you? Like, how do you feel about, let's start with part one. We'll go from part one and then we'll work our way down to part four. For me, Janet, I always kind of looked at her kind of like, oh, we're, you know, we said uh, share the same star sign. I was born in May too. There were a lot of things about her that I was like, wow, I could relate to as a little black girl coming up, living in the Midwest. Um, like I got that about her. Um, but some of the things that I think for me that were most shocking were number one, her attempted her way to get away from her father by marrying. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, the second thing that really just blew my mind was that she made a comment, I think, in the second episode, correct me if I'm wrong, where she says, I'm attracted to people who do drugs. Like, that took me out. I said, girl, because you could relate to, you know, having friends or being in situations where you pick the same type of dude. Like, I think anybody could relate to that. So that was like a shocker to me. Um, and then I think that talk, her talking about the things she wanted to do was shocking as well. Like she wanted to go into business law and Renee's impact on her. It was so much there to talk about, but I really appreciate her kind of giving us opportunity to know more about her while she was still here. So that was great. Yeah. 
Yeah, she was definitely being very honest. One thing I will say is that um, I knew about like the Jackson Five and I knew about Jack's, uh, Janet and LaToya. I've always heard Reby's name over the years, but I didn't really know much much about her and I've never really seen her, I don't think. But that woman is like drop dead gorgeous. Like, did y'all see how beautiful Reby was? And then I found out she was like close to 70 years old. Like Reby is beautiful. And she just had like a really, you know, really nice spirit about herself. And it was just really cool to, you know, to hear her listening, to listen to her talk about her little sister, because she said they're 16 years apart. Um, Latoya wasn't there, though. So that was interesting. Latoya wasn't in the documentary. Yeah, that wasn't surprising, actually. So the part where they went back to Gary, Indiana, it shocked me because I didn't know that Janet had not been back since she was eight years old. She was like, I hadn't been back. And she was surprised by the mural. And Gary, Indiana... I've been there one time. I would never personally go back. It's really kind of bad. Like a lot of homes are burnt out and things like that. And, um, you know, they've since turned the home into like a museum. So I thought that was really cool. But you could just tell that she was very humbled because there was like, what, like 10 people who lived in a two bedroom home and the girls all slept on the couch. Um, There was like literally three boys to a bed. So I thought that was really cool just to see like their humble beginnings and you were saying something about how you didn't know that Janet never really dealt with poverty like the yeah. older kids. Like, that was the one thing that stuck out with me in the first episode was the fact that, dang, like, Janet ain't never really knew struggle. Because Janet was only there as a toddler, and then they left and went to Encino, what, in seventy. Or something like mm-hmm. that. Janet was born in like 68 or something like that. Y'all can correct me with the years. But she never really knew that life. Only the eldest children knew that. Um, and then I still can't even remember how many of them it was. I knew Tito was a twin. Because Tito, babe, the baby died at birth. So I think it was like 11 or 12 of them. I don't know. But yeah, all those kids in that house. Yeah, it's, it was it's, a lot of them. Yeah, I think I don't think it was it wasn't uh Tito, it was Marlon. Oh, okay. It was a baby named Brandon. Thank you. Yeah, Brandon correction. was Marlon's twin. Okay, thank yep. you. Yeah, so he died shortly after yeah, he died shortly after birth. So there was a lot of Jackson kids. So it's like, I mean, but the most famous ones were of course the Jackson five, and then you had the little sister Janet. Now, another thing I want to touch on as well, and I don't know if y'all peeped this, but growing up. I had always heard that was always like the legacy attached to Joe Jackson, that he was abusive towards his kids. You know, he was the disciplinarian. They couldn't have fun. They weren't allowed to, you know, play and all this stuff. But what surprised me while watching the documentary is the fact that the white media, they kept homing in on his disciplinary tactics with Mm -hmm. his children. And, you know, it it was just very interesting to watch it because I had never seen any of these interviews and they kept bringing it up. So now I'm thinking, is that why by the time we came around in the 90s, we all felt like Joe had abused these kids because they had been planting seeds because there was even in the one interview they were saying, well, you know, how do you get them to perform and, you know, be on task? And what do you do if Michael misbehaves or Randy? Right. And he was saying, well, I'll make them, you know, take out the trash. You know, Michael won't get allowance. But they kept homing in on that. I wanted to ask you, do you have to ever take any of them over your knee or use any other methods of disciplining this uh, lively group you've got here? I have a way, you know, like 
when Randy don't do right, we make him take out all the garbage or something. <laughs> no, that's fair. Yeah, but what about Michael? If Michael, does, Michael always does right. Is he no, always? not all the time. You know, Michael, he, he likes to lead. And, you know, he's the lead singer. Uh, the way we uh, discipline Michael is sort of like uh, cut down on his own also. Yeah. Yeah, we don't uh, give him as much money to spend. <laughs> My parents disciplined all of us. And that's how we as a people, we raised our kids. But you turn around and you give them love. You show this is, I, I love you. I'm here for you. Discipline without love is tyranny. And tyrants, they were not. They just loved us and wanted us to be the best that we could possibly be. Now, let me say something else to y'all, why it really bothered me. Um, There was a group back then. I'm sure some of the older folks may know, but the Osmonds, the Osmonds were like the white version, quote unquote, you know, of the Jackson five. It was the Osmond brothers and they had the little sister Marie Osmond. Y'all remember Marie was a talk show host, Donnie Osmond. Well, if y'all don't know, the name that the Osmonds had that Hollywood gave them, you can look this up on Wikipedia, but this was on an old documentary I watched years ago on VH1. They were called the One Take Osmonds, okay? In order for kids to be able to hit singing, dancing, you know, to be able to even do live television in one take, to me, what was the father doing to those kids to the point where their nickname was the One Take Osmond? And they would say with so much pressure that when they went on set, when they were booked for jobs, people expected them to get whatever they handed to them. It could be a fresh script to get it in one take. But what what really bothered me is as I'm watching the, the Jackson documentary, I'm like, I don't recall the white mainstream media ever asking the Osmond father, you know what I'm saying, what were his disciplinary tactics for his children to be nicknamed the one take Osmonds. Y'all not ready for that conversation? I peeped that. That was one of the things that I noted to myself. And I and then this is how I noted it. Attempted division in interviews. Because for me, it I do remember that. I grew up during that period. And I remember some of the later interviews. And I remember how because they tried to paint him as this man. But I, you know, maybe it took me being older and being a parent that I realized where Gary, Indiana is. I was just out there last week. The thing about it is, is that you do what you got to do to protect your children. And when you see that your children have something and you could see something for your kids, you're going to protect and do whatever you have to do to keep them in line. And honestly, they even said, hey, he was stern, but look where they got them. You can't argue what Joe created. He created a legacy. Y'all don't know much about the Osmonds. You feel what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you know, so for me, I peeped that too. Like, wow, they were so jealous of these Jacksons coming in and just taking the world by storm and made people feel uncomfortable. So let's eat off of them, but let's sully their name. And right. and, and and that's really what it was for their entire longevity and life cycle of their, their you know, life, really. And it's sad. It yeah, really is. And, and I really respected the fact that they spoke on it. They didn't sugarcoat and say he was perfect. That's not what I'm saying. But they're saying like it was his vision 
And if it wasn't for him, you know, taking the bulls by the horn and getting them to, you know, bury Gordy and doing everything he did, like Catherine said, the house was falling apart. And Joe was spending all the money on, you know, equipment because he believed that much in his sons. So maybe because mm -hmm. of that drive, because Gary Indiana is, you know, it was bad back then and it's still bad now. No disrespect to anybody who lives there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's, it's a very rough place to grow up. So maybe I got to be a little bit tougher because I don't want my kids in jail. I don't want to bury my kids early. So I, I like the fact that they should still show him respect. And they said, you know, they gave him his props for what he did now. I will say this. Granted, Janet would not have gotten a bulk of like any disciplinary, maybe because she was the youngest, mm. but she was a girl and Michael was a star. So maybe, yes, he might have been more forceful towards Michael, not excusing it. But what I'm saying is that it's very interesting how the white media plant seeds. And at that mm. point, they technically, you know, he Michael only really talked about the abuse or not having a childhood once he got older. But when they were performing mm. as the Jackson Five, that was never discussed. It was always the media putting that out there, putting that out there. And I just mm. found that very interesting because I searched and I couldn't find any interviews of mm. the Osmond father being asked how he made these kids be one takes. I mean, because you got look, grown adults who can't get stuff in one take. Come on. Thank and you. these kids, they killed it. That's what they were known for. Imagine the pressure when you are a child, you know, eight, nine, 10 years old, and you're told that you have to get this in one take and them kids got it in one take. Mm -hmm. It drove them, you know, low key crazy, but nobody ever said, well, is this right? Is this even an appropriate nickname for children? Because kids are going to make mistakes, but it just, mm -hmm. it, it really bothered me how much the mainstream media was anytime they interviewed Joe, it was always about the discipline part of it. So I thought that was very interesting, you know, and I'm glad y'all kind of see that as well. Cause when mm. I saw that kind of shocked me, cause like I said, I didn't know that the whole discipline talk surrounding Joe went way back to the beginning of their career. I thought oh, it started like, you know, in the nineties when Michael was swinging on trees and shit and crying. <laughs> you see me. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> you wrong, but yeah, because that's the way we, it was, you know, kind of framed. Um, it was repackaged and put in another way for the new generation, us, right? Like mm -hmm. our parents had already heard the stories. And, you know, what's fascinating is you're right. They never really did it like that. Even now in modern times, you see a lot of these families who are now on reality TV. I didn't. I know the Jacksons were some of the first children to have a Vegas you did. Yeah. Like, I didn't know that. I didn't like, know that so either. So they set, again, setting trends, right? So mm -hmm. when you talk about reality TV and da, 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 I think they feel like that they really laid the groundwork for a lot of people to come behind them. And you think about like these, what's that family, 19 and counting with all of them kids? Oh, and yeah, the with all them kids. And, mm -hmm. But yeah, they still to this day, TLC, like the clean and whitewash that over. Meanwhile, we've heard the stories about the real stories about real things that are happening that they tried to elude that Michael was doing what you see with this family and they still sweeping it under the rug. Look how they did Michael though. You know, so right. when you make those comparisons, you th there's some comparisons there. Because it was a large family and the, the, but it's sad. And in really sitting back, you like, God, they went through so much they and did. it just broke Michael. And I think that's what took him out. I'm just going to be honest with you. I think that's what took him out. Yeah. The fame and, and just being under the microscope. It was very interesting to watch it from their eyes. She said something that really got me 
when mm. she first what attracted her to Renee and just even making friends. And she said, you know, it's so hard for her to trust because I don't know if you like me for me or because my last name is Jackson. Like you could tell she just wanted somebody around to just treat her like a regular person to just, you know, love on her and care about her. And I think that is why she gravitated towards Renee, mm-hmm. you know, because he was really just there for her. He was funny. He was her confidant at the time. So, yeah, I can only imagine, you know, having fame from the time you're a child, because I didn't even know she had been acting that long because I didn't really get introduced to Janet as far as her acting. Like, you know, by the time I came around, she was a singer and all that stuff. But watching reruns of uh, Good Times, Penny, mm-hmm. that's that was the extent that I knew of her acting as a kid. And I loved her as Penny, mm-hmm. you I know, but I didn't fame. know about the variety shows. And mm-hmm. yeah, see, I didn't watch Fame. Yeah. So I didn't know about like her doing stuff with Betty White and wearing the wigs. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that you're right. They really did set a precedence. And I thought that was just really dope. So I'm going to go ahead and take some calls. Um, I'm going to just start calling people's names. Feel free to unmute your mic. So let's go ahead and start with um, Dini Darcel. Go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hey, Lady J. Hey, T. Hey, sis. How are you? Doing good. Hey, room. I'm going to be real, real quick because I got to finish homework real quick. Um, With the Janet doc, I learned so much that I didn't even know because I always knew she was married. I didn't know about Renee and in the full extent until I watched the documentary. Mm-hmm. And seeing how they fed off of each other so well until they showed that clip of him constantly trying to make her re-show love back to her mother and how Janet, like, snapped. That mm-hmm. kind of took me, like, you always see Janet, and she's always in that whole lovable mode. But then when to see that, I was kind of like, oh, sis, really, she really liked that. Like, when she has enough, she has enough. And then what also made me kind of be like, wow, is when... I don't know if it was Jermaine, not Jermaine, if it was Randy or if it was Tito. One of them two has said that Janet was the only one out of all the kids to step up and stand up to Joe. Yeah, when she broke ties and didn't want him controlling her anymore. Mm-hmm. That's when she dropped that song. Control. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had a whole right. black cat moment and all that. As soon as I finished watching, I said, let me go ahead and help my sister with these streams off the title because I know she's going to get that coin. So let me help her out real quick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's been hitting the billboard and everything all over again. I love it. On Apple Music, Spotify, she's definitely been trending and she deserves it because she made so many hits. It was like walking down memory lane. Now, let's go ahead and talk about this secret baby. Okay? Oh, <laughs> so let, let, let's hit on that T. So, and I'm glad she addressed it. Because I had seen the niece over the years, and she, the niece, if you see the niece, she looks just like Janet. Beautiful girl. Yeah, she looks just like Janet. And so I'm like, well, damn, is this Janet's secret child? Because she do look like Janet. And I had always heard them rumors from the time I was a teenager that Janet had this secret baby, but it made, it didn't make any sense to me. Cause it's like, why would she hide having a kid? It's just weird. But she that- was saying where it came from because when she was on fame, she had gained a bunch of weight because she was on birth control and that will put weight on you. And, you know, a lot of times she would kind of wear black baggy clothes back then because she was insecure about the weight gain. And people just said that started this rumor and it's crazy. And this was before social media. Like it always cracks me up when I hear about like rumors from like back in the day um, because it's like, well, how did it spread? Cause like we know now on social media, people can just lie, make up stuff and they'll go viral. 
But this still has legs to this day, to the point where she had to shut it down in the documentary. So what did you think about that part? I was glad that she did. I was glad that Debbie Allen spoke up and was saying that if she was pregnant, wouldn't we all have seen that baby? Like right. she was at it. And I was like, thank you, Debbie, for speaking some truth. And then too, I think what kind of gave it still a little continuation of legs, even to this day and age, not the jump off topic, but growing up hip hop, that DeBarge girl, I can't remember her name. Mm, I she, forgot about that. She came on there. It was like her last season. She was up there trying to find out if the rumor was true. And then her dad came up there and was like, yeah, you know, we had a kid and this, that, whatever. I'm up there like, sir. Wait, the dad said that too? He had told her, he said he didn't believe it, but he heard the rumors. So he wanted to know, but he said it may be true. And he said a girl had reached out, but they didn't show like after that. Because after mm-hmm. that whole mess, she was off the show. So I was like, I hope that once somebody in Janet's camp was like, remove her, remove him. I don't want them no more. Let me talk on when I'm ready to talk about it. And I'm glad that she did because it put an end to all of that. But, of course, people are still going to run with it. Like, yeah, she's hiding. She's lying. She still got that baby. If she would have had the kid, we trust. She would have probably pulled the Michael and we probably would not have seen that kid until he's like 20 something. Look at the baby now. (laughs) The baby is five. We have yet to see a photo about that kid. Janet is smart. No, she posted. Yeah, she posted pictures when he was about. No older than one years old. So there's there's pictures of uh, is it an Issa online? Isa, yeah. We haven't seen any new ones. I really thought he was gonna be in the documentary. That kind of made me sad because I thought she was gonna be like when you know how she was shaking the bottle and all that stuff. Yeah. I thought they were gonna show him. We we're gonna see her, you know, doing like motherly stuff. And then you know near the end he was gonna come walking out, you know, with a popsicle or something. I'm like, where where where's Issa? Like we want to see him. It's been five years, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> they even played within the trailer because she was holding him in the trailer, but his face was covered. I said, okay, we about to see it. Them whole four mm-hmm. hours, I said, oh, y'all played. Y'all knew we was going to watch regardless, but y'all played. Yeah, you can Google. The baby's pictures are online. He's an adorable little boy. But again, them pictures are like four years old because he's five now. And she did say happy birthday, birthday to him like a few months ago. He just had his fifth birthday, but I was hoping to see a picture of Miss Jackson. But she was like, nah, I ain't showing y'all nothing. <laughs> she said y'all look good. I will say this. Renee has came. Um, He did come out and said something because a fan had asked him on IG. They thought that him and Janet would have been a, still like the perfect power couple. And mm-hmm. he told that person, thank you for the kind words. Everything happens as it should. I'm glad she had a chance to create that. We had a chance to create together and that people appreciate what we did. She's an amazing talent. Yeah. Renee is a sweetheart. He's remarried. He's married to I'm assuming she's Latina, just like him. Um, he has a little daughter. She's about eight years old. You know, he's moved on with his life. So and, and I just really respect the fact that a lot of that unseen footage came from Renee. Like when we get into like chapter two, a oh lot of that God, footage God. came from him. And I thought that was so dope. And that's one thing. It's so funny because that's one thing is if you date somebody who is a videographer or photographer, because I have that bad, too where I like to film stuff. I may never post it. You'll probably never see it online, but I have like archives of like just stuff of like me and my friends, me and my family, because you're always seeing things through the lens. Even when he did that with that part with Catherine, he was like, no, come back in and, you know, tell her that you love her or whatever, when he was having to redo it. That's just part of being a videographer. Like you get so much in that mind frame. It's it's like the funniest thing. So I thought that was really dope that he's held on to that footage all this time. We've never seen it. It's never leaked until they were ready to put it out together. 
So again, just showing integrity because when they went through their divorce, it wasn't the easiest thing, but he could have been like, I have all this unseen footage of Janet snapping on Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. He never did that. He never once tried to export her after they broke up, which I respect. I even love the fact that we got to see Janet and Michael coming together to do Scream. I'm mad at how everything had played out with how the labels try to pit them up against each other, but I love the fact that we at least got to see it because that right. made me like, cry a little bit. Like Scream was my favorite song, so seeing that, I was like, thank you, Renee. I owe you so much because you yeah. put this together that I didn't even think we were ever going to know. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for calling in, sis. It was good talking to you. You're welcome. Now I'm going to do homework. Love you guys. I catch the playback. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right. Let me go ahead and bring on um, Muchilla. Muchilla, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hey, T. Hey, everybody. Hey, Miss Muchilla. How you doing? I am fine. I love the documentary. Okay. Because this, I like, this is my era. So I love mm-hmm. the whole thing. I remember everything from when she was a kid. I remember watching the variety shows uh, when they were on TV because they had their own TV show. And that's when she used to imitate Mae West. She liked watching old movies. So she used to imitate all of those people like that, mm-hmm. Mae West. And uh, I, th- I forgot who the other one was, but she used to imitate Mae West all the time. Oh, okay, and, so that wasn't a one-time thing. Yeah, no, it wasn't a one-time thing. And she, <laughs> she's done it on uh, Good Times, too, if you've seen it. Yeah, yeah. I have yeah. seen her doing that on Good Times. And I feel like they did demonize the father. They made him look like a real mean person. But he just wanted to make sure his children did well and was successful and they they still sometimes you you got to thank your parents later because you don't see the big picture when you're younger mm-hmm. I mean that's how I saw it and I love the writing sessions the the thing about the baby extra did a little clip about the girl that's claiming to be her daughter saying that um she wasn't watching the show Oh, the girl that claims to be Janet's daughter? Yeah, because she got she got tested. She did a paternity test, but it was with the mother from DeBarge, the, the grandmother. But mm-hmm. I'm like, that don't mean anything. That could have mean any one of the the DeBarge family made that baby. Right. Like, how does that, what does how that have to do that, with Janet? You got to have the Janet Jackson. You need to have the Jackson I, DNA. I just, I, I thought that was like, like, this is so bogus. I don't I don't think she had the baby. I know that was a rumor. Mm-hmm. I, and I I just don't I don't believe it. I feel like she it, it would have been a secret. We we wouldn't know about it, but I don't I don't think she had a kid. I don't believe it at all. I just I don't believe it. Um we would have been seeing the kid. I just don't see Janet doing that. For what? I'm a, I mean I'm a, how we does it make sense? Mm-hmm. I remember at one time they were saying she removed one of her ribs. It was so many yeah. crazy rumors. Yeah, I, I remember that rumor. documentary. Good. I'm glad you liked it because I really did too. I remember that she was always, you know, well, all the Jacksons really, but her and Michael were definitely always subject to like the weirdest rumors. And then I remember when they were showing that montage. I remember the montage when she was overseas, once she had finally blown up and she's making a name for herself and everyone kept interviewing her and asking her about Michael. 
Exactly. Did Michael sleep in a in a in a in a hyperbaric chamber? What's Michael doing? What's his religion? Why are y'all asking her about Michael? She's her own person. Yeah, and she just wanted her own identity. Yeah. She wanted her own identity. I like the I, I like the fact that I didn't know Renee was using drugs though. That was like that was that blew my mind. Yeah, I think they said he had gotten addicted to painkillers because he had got hurt really yeah. bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one blew my mind. Yeah, yeah, that was very interesting to learn. Yep, I don't want to take up too much of time okay. for letting me speak. Definitely. Thank you for calling in, sis. All right, later. Al. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me go ahead and bring on Clayton C. Clayton, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hey, hey. Hi, how are you? I'm pretty good, T. Uh, can I just say I love when you two get together uh, on the podcast. Y'all have like these therapeutic voices that just they <laughs> soothe my heart. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Of course. Of course. Um, I just want to say uh, love the doc. Um, loved everything about it. We got a lot of information, um, but it's like it's two things I, I like took away from it. Mm-hmm. And uh it was her need to like emphasize family and friends and like her relationships with those people and how it was able to help her align to like what she is today and the icon that she is today. So I thought that that was like, you know, like something crazy. And also the fact that like her strength as a black woman, like black women endure a lot, um, mm-hmm. you know, just in general as, as women. And I can only imagine, you know, how she dealt with it as a celebrity alone. So just her strength, just in that alone, it just shows, you know, that her strength is crazy. And so yeah, that's and, really all I wanted to say. And as a black woman, do y'all realize that when YouTube, we're going to talk about this when we get into chapter four, but that Janet Jackson's titty gate, whatever you want to call it, that's really what blew up the YouTube website. Yeah, YouTube was it. built on the back of that Janet Jackson super. <laughs> I don't know that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That was the number one video when people went to go watch what happens. Remember, we didn't have DVR and, and TiVo and all that stuff back in 2004. So somebody had uploaded the clip. And so YouTube was one of the first video sharing sites because you couldn't really rewatch the video like that because it was mm-hmm. like, you know, FCC and, you know, CBS yeah. had pulled it down. But whoever recorded it on their, you know, shaky cell phone footage, they uploaded it to YouTube. <laughs> And people There's went an and they watched it. it. Yeah, yep. Everybody went to YouTube to go watch it. That is what sparked YouTube. That is what blew up that site. That's how that site came into the Ain't consciousness that a trip. of the world was off the back of Janet Jackson's Super Bowl situation. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, and it just highlights a lot about like the way that black women's bodies are just, I mean, constantly like... It, there's an obsession with black women's bodies just consistently like throughout like American history. And mm-hmm. I think that that's just intriguing alone as to like the, com- in, you know, in conversation as to how she can in- endure so much because so many black women get sexualized at a young age. And I think she understood that off the rip, mm-hmm. which is why she came out the way that she came out, you know, fully clothed. And it wasn't until later in her career when she was in her late 20s, in her mid 20s, you know, starting to, you know, show, you know, more skin and be more revealing. So I think that that, you know, that alone, that's it's a lot to just it's a lot to uh, just take in. It is. Well, Clayton, thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate you. Most definitely. Thank you, T. All right. Bye. Bye. So, Lady J, you said that you didn't know about the YouTube thing. Yeah, you blew my mind about that one. I had 
no idea that yeah. that's what kicked it off. I mean, I mean, it just it just proves the point. And Clayton, thank you for your kind words on the soothing, melodious tones of the voice. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I didn't know that. And he made such a good point because and, and I feel like that's exactly what we're rep- being consistently replicated today. Like we've heard about the hot Todd Venus and this, this mm-hmm. you know, display of black bodies in a certain way. And it kind of is slightly reminiscent of the conversation we had about Lick last week and right. how that whole oh everybody in Jamaica got mad and how we talked about all of this and you know again a woman having control of what she decides she wants to say and then the thing about it is y'all disinvited Janet she didn't been here longer than all of y'all but mm-hmm. then Milk of Magnesia Justin can come up here with his curly noodle hair and oh. dance across the stage like her brother come on please explain that to me and he now, ripped this- the t Come on, he ripped the titty out. Why he there? Now, now let me say this. This is one thing I learned from the documentary. Remember, you know, before, I mean, a lot of us are upset with Justin. You know, I I blasted Justin as well. But Janet says, I told him not to say anything. I said, you know, you're the new artist on the block. I'll take the heat. And do you know where that goes? You know what that reminds me of when she said that? Because at first I was upset. Like, why would, you know, because... If he, as a white man, would have came out and been like, hey, this was just a malfunction. I, I pulled too much of the material. That's not how it happened. I think it would have sued a lot of it over because Justin had a lot of power back then. You mm-hmm. know, in sync, Britney Spears and things like that. But sometimes as black women, we're so motherly. You know yep. what I'm saying? So I had to like, I couldn't even be mad at Janet because I get it. She felt like I'm her. I'm the elder in the situation. I've been in this game for so long. I'll just take the heat. You know, I don't want to mess up anything for you. You're the newcomer. Because she never thought it would get that bad where they're disinviting her from the Grammys and, you know, just talking tall trash about her as if she hadn't put in, you know, decades worth of work. But again, it goes back to yeah. Black women, you know, almost swallowing our suffering and suffering in silence and being other people's punching bag to protect people, you know, and, and that, I think that's what that was. It was more like a motherly thing, you know, but I agree. as a man, he could have still came out and been like, Hey, this is not fair that she's the only one getting backlash. I'm the one who pulled it off, but I guess it made more sense. And I'm kind of glad that she was honest about that because she could have kept on making it look like, well, he just fell back and didn't talk to me no more and just, you know, distance himself. But he said that wasn't what happened. You know, she said, like, we still talk. We still talk to this day. You know, he caught me after that. He was like, you know, what should I do? And she told him not to say anything, you know. But when you really understand, like, you know, sometimes as black women, we'll take that hit. Unfortunately, we always take the guy. We, We always do that. And she even said that she's done that with her relationships. You know, mm-hmm. she she pick a struggle and she said something about, you know, always being in a position where she's seen the best in people and she takes that on. She actually yeah. said that. So she did nothing but replicate that same toxic, mm-hmm. disruptive, you know, disabling behavior because she ended it in the fourth without jumping ahead of the episodes. But she said 
You know, she's looking for love. She's in a situation where she can't trust people because people ain't put their foot forward towards her. If he would have done that for her, he would have served better because he's not ever really recuperated from that situation. He's never been that hot. No, I, I know. People weren't rocking for him like that. Like he did. He had a little bit of climb because he had that Timberlake behind him and that Jay-Z, but he wasn't able to sustain it. Mm, okay. Do you feel what I'm saying by that? Because mm-hmm. so the black like community kinda... stable him, you know? Right. I remember he's running around with them braids and stuff and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just I just feel like even looking back on that, you know, I had to ask myself an honest question, you know, because, you know, I'm always good at reflecting on, on things with myself. And I remember a while ago, I said I really didn't, I wasn't really feeling the Demita Joe album because I felt like it was a lot of whispering. Like, you know, that whisper singing. <laughs> but when I, when I really thought about it, I sat and I thought to myself, where was my mind at back in 2004? You know, I was a lot younger, you know, and you do get, and I wasn't woke to like media manipulation and all that stuff. So I had to ask myself, was it really a whisper album or did you just not really get into it because of just all the demonization of her? Because, you know, sometimes when things are so much put in the media and this person is a bad guy, because they kept saying this was for an, her album. She did this for attention. This was just to sell out. Remember, that was like the main thing. She did this to sell her album because Demita Joe was getting ready to drop. And I think for a lot yeah. of people, because of so much controversy and nobody wants to feel like they're being played, Right. Because it's like, you're Janet, you don't have to do this. Like, sis, we would have ran out to go buy your album and stood in line. You don't have to show mm-hmm. your titty on the Super Bowl. So I think right. because of that conversation, it turned, I can only speak for myself, it turned me off where I didn't give it a wholehearted listen and I really didn't take it in. Like, because I have all her did. other albums. Yeah, I, I have mm-hmm. all her other albums. Hell, we was dancing. Put a teacup of God was at the last, the, the second to last Discord party, and we we're all dancing to um, All For You. I'm a girl's at the party, look at that body, mm. shaking that thing like you never did see. We was jamming, okay? And it's like I jam out to all her albums, but I could not get with Demita Joe. And watching the documentary kind of had me realizing, like, that's probably why you really subconsciously couldn't get into it because of all the drama attached to it. Because most people were like, I remember people were talking about it like at school and work and people were like, did you get the album? Now I'm not checking that out. She's looking for attention. That was like most people's response. Really? That was a lot of people's response back then to the the, Demita Joe. And where did that come from? From the media stating it was for attention. Remember Jermaine Dupree said, Jermaine Dupree said, this is Janet Jackson. She don't have to do none of this for attention. I remember that part. I do remember him saying that. And I thought it was just kind of odd that, and you're right, I'm because I'm, it was more like, it wasn't, from my point of view, it wasn't getting attention. It was more like they had sullied her. You know, CBS had just drug her through the mud and, mm-hmm. you know, tried to keep JT in his space. And, you know, they just threw up on her album and I'm going to be honest with you I didn't go get it either so I can't see I wasn't affected by it I'm just keeping it real but one of a few people in the group was like oh no JT did have a rise after the Super Bowl yes he did but somebody made another point he went back to white and that's kind of what I was trying to say he was trying to ride that train and yeah he did some movies and stuff 
But again, he was trash. He still is trash. And he doesn't have the longevity that Janet has. So that's kind of mm-hmm. what I was angling for when I said that, y'all. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I feel, I just, again, it's a tragic story. So many people have eaten off the Jacksons. And right. it's been damaging. Look how it's. she's living good and she says it herself. But emotionally and personally, look how much it's affected her. Like, I couldn't even imagine. Miss <laughs> Muchilla said there was a lot of whispering, but I brought it, though. <laughs> Some people are saying it was a great album. A lot of folks are saying that they didn't give it a chance. And they felt mm. like it was some because of the demonization of the media. Um, let's see here. Uh, mm-hmm. Michelle says Demita Joe was the first album she ever bought. Um, Camille says I have to go back to the Demita Joe. Bree says I think Demita Joe was her most urban slash R&B album because I believe on that album Jermaine Dupri really helped her produce it. If I'm not mistaken, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, I, I just I think I just didn't give it a fair shake. And I don't think now I, I kind of you know self reflecting, I can say I didn't give it a fair shake because of all the mess that was going on. It's like, Correct. you know, this is somebody that we've looked up to. Like, you really got to, you know what I'm saying, do this for attention on national television. Well, you know, I'm, I have a, a three-year-old running around. You don't need to I didn't blame her, though. I didn't blame her. Yeah, no, it wasn't, wasn't her fault. But the way they, but remember when it first came out, nobody knew what was going on. You know, then she went, you know, she, she, she spoke out to the media. Justin didn't. So initially mm-hmm. when everything happened, that Super, cause we were all watching it. So when everything happened that Super Bowl Sunday, it was just everybody was in shock. Like, what is Janet Jackson doing? You know, and it looked like it was on purpose because, again, he's pulling the cloth off of her boob. And it's like, why even add that to the, you know what I mean? Why is that even a part of the number? Y'all could have just danced and sang the song and that'd have been it. So it you was know, just a recipe for disaster, unfortunately. You make a good point, though. I think you're right because right around that time, again, I call you sometime encyclopedia because you be remembering <laughs> stuff. <laughs> But correct me if I'm wrong. When did Keeping Up with the Kardashians hit the the TV? What year? I think the Kardashians came out about 2007. So this was. So you could say it was the era of this new kind of like shocking, expository Mm -hmm. type of thing, and I think that's why there is something that happened before Janet. To, when that happened, they made Janet the poster child for that type of situation. And I don't know this. I can't remember right now, but it, they just they did. They they did her wrong. But there was something else that had happened. And I don't know if it was Kim K and her sex tape or something else that people were really complaining about the openness mm. of sexuality. And they decided to use Janet as a lightning rod. And that's why I felt like that situation was so bad. At least that's how I receive it. I don't know if anybody would agree with me or not, but that's I'm just probably, that. I need yeah. to see when Kim's sex tape came out because all that stuff was around the same time before. Right, something happened, and I can't recall. I feel like I'm missing something. Okay, again, 2007. She, okay. she shot the sex tape in like 2002, but the mm-hmm. tape officially came out in 2007. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is when it came out. So, but it's okay. so funny though when you really think about where we're at now as a culture. Right. When it comes to sex and music videos and, you know, you see so much raunchy stuff now. It's like what Janet Jackson did at the Super Bowl was just, you know, that was mild compared to all the titties I see every day on, you know, Twitter and Instagram. 
You know, mm-hmm. it's insane. But um, yeah, she got she got a lot of lot of backlash for that. Somebody even said in the chat that the word malrobe malfunction uh, spawned. From I that believe that's correct. Before that, yeah. that wasn't really a word in the you know in the lexicon. Yeah, yeah. I so let me go ahead yeah. and um bring on some more people here. Um, Candice, Candice, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hello. Hi, Candice. Hi. Um. So I watched the documentary and it's nothing really I didn't know because I've been a fan of her since the day she was born. So um, I've just been, I've known everything that was in there to know. So it's just mm-hmm. kind of like a track down memory lane for me. So, um, but uh, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, okay. I heard something click. So, uh, but something that um I, when she said that she was um, attracted to men that did drugs, that kind of surprised me. Mm-hmm. But then I noticed that it's a pattern with her also, because I noticed that she likes to be the savior in a way. Um, she's a very loyal person. So she keeps people in her life for like 30 to 40 years because like her uh, choreographer and creative director, Gil, he's been in her life since 1997 and the stylist at the Super Bowl. He's been in her life since like the late 80s. So I noticed that she has this tendency to hold on to people and she doesn't like to let them go. So I think that that's something that she has something that she needs to work on because she's still friends with all of her exes. And I think that's probably something that is probably affecting her with her relationships, possibly. But I also think, too, that when you're that big, Mm -hmm. it's hard to let new people in. Yeah. So once somebody's in and you're comfortable with them and they know the ins and outs of your life and your family, yeah. those are the type of people that's going to be with you for the next 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and what annoyed me was uh, just knowing that Jermaine Dupri just cheating on her. I mean, I heard the rumors and all that, but just him just cheating on it, uh, cheating on her and just, you know, not and then he tried out. to he tried to blame it. What tripped me out was he was like, "Well, you know, when you're dating Janet Jackson, all the women want you." And he Sir, said, "That's not an excuse." What the hell? Like, if I see him, I'm stepping on him. I can't just squash him like a bug. I'm stepping on him. I can't, I can't stand it. And then he yeah, had a baby. He tried to twist it. He, he had the baby by the stripper. Now the chat. Let me know if I'm wrong. Is the little girl from Grown Up Hip Hop? Well, she's a grown woman. She's like 25. Is that the stripper's baby that Jermaine had? Is that the baby that was the, you know, that he had with the stripper? Because I've always wondered if that little girl was the stripper's baby. Because I know he had a 12-year-old daughter when Janet was with him at the time she was 12. Oh, he did have a daughter already. Okay, so I didn't yeah. know he had another. Okay, so that might have been yeah. the 12-year-old daughter who's now grown. Yeah. So the stripper's baby's younger then? Yes. Okay, okay. So, yeah. They broke up and she found out that there was a baby from a stripper. Yeah. I mean, at that point... Yeah. You know, it's one thing to cheat. A lot of women, you know, will take people, you know, will take a man back if he's cheated, right? But when you created life and that's a constant reminder, that's a no-go for damn near every woman I know. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to cheat, but now you're having to, you know, bring this side baby to my house and we got to take the baby to the circus and no, hell no. So I don't blame her for, you know, for cutting back. Like, not only did you cheat, I mean, you, you got somebody pregnant, meaning you weren't using any protection. And the baby's yeah. proof of that. 
Yeah, and I was reading a, a Vibe, I think it was Vibe today, uh, the article back in 2000, and she said that her dad was emotionally withdrawn. So I think that there's something there because it's a pattern I've noticed with James DeBarge and then you had Renee, and I've been side-eyeing him from Jump Street because he's really creepy looking with his Ooh, triangle Renee. head. Oh, yeah, Renee, Renee Alzano. He's just so creepy looking with his triangle head. But anyway, so he worked for LaToya Jackson. Then he met Janet. So I'm like, oh, you were just trying to get all up in that Jackson family. And then he got into drugs and then he was a sex addict. And then he sued Janet and then he wanted to write a book. So she did the gag order and he sued uh, Janet. He wanted 30 million, but she gave him 10. Yeah, he wanted like, 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he also said that he wrote um, the songs on the Velvet Rope. And that's when Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis went ape shit on that they were like no you were never in the studio you never he tried, claim, he tried to claim writing credits oh yeah and janet gave it to him i'm like girl are you kidding me so jimmy jam and terry Lewis said he was never in the studio he never wrote any songs he was never there so why does he get the credit mm-hmm. so janet i think at that point it. janet just probably didn't even want to be bothered it was yeah. just because he did have an intricate role in shaping yeah. her like in the middle like you know the 90s because, again, it's still one of my most favorite videos. And it was very yeah. dope to see the behind the scenes of him directing um, Gary, um, what's his name, Gary Durden, you know, to pull the belly. Because that's the most memorable part is that belly chain getting pulled out from her pants and stuff. Yeah. Child, yeah. I used to wear a belly chain, but nobody did that. But also, remember, he also... <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, he directed... <laughs> He directed uh, That's the Way Love Goes, and he also directed Anytime, Place. And I'm like, oh, you directed that very sexual video with another man all over your... Okay. All right, Renee. Now, that's- now hold up. Miss J, weren't you talking about that? Like, was he getting off on this? Remember you said that. See, I just, can I talk? just interject? Hey, Candy Girl. Hello. Let hi. me just interject. Yes, I was thinking... I remember when she was kind of coming into her own sexually and I, you know, I could relate to that. And then I'm sitting here thinking like, God, and then I'm thinking like, wait a minute, even with her best friend who was, I can't remember her name, Lisa. She was like, uh, my friend is doing this. She's never been out oh, yeah, Tina Landon. like that. And yeah. then, yeah. And then I'm like, are they using the stadiums as foreplay? Like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. And he's sitting in the cut now. Yeah, he looked weird, but yeah. oh my God, Renee. Mm. But anyway, yeah. and that's what I said. I felt like this, this was like foreplay. And if he was a sect addict, which you just taught me something, Candace, it uh-huh. makes sense. Okay. Yes. I didn't know that. Okay. Okay. Because yes. okay. remember, remember what Tupac said. Tupac was like, yeah, I would have to kiss her. And our senior high was like, well, was her boyfriend there? He was like, yeah. And I, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And, and so, and they were saying that he would sit there and watch them like yes. kiss. Like, you know, most guys, when you're working on set and you have to do like a, a love scene or whatever, a lot of times the boyfriends and the husbands walk away because they right. don't want to see, you know, they know it's acting, but they don't want to see their wife or girlfriend kissing on another man. But Tupac yeah. was like, nah, Renee would be right there watching everything. So was he low key getting off? <laughs> that had to be it because that was and remember she said? they they said they hinted to that too they hinted yep. to that yeah because she recorded everything and I'm thank like, you Candice right yes. 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 Him, somebody said he's a cluck <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. are Renee yeah and I was Boy, like oh it. wow yes and I was like oh wait he directed again and 
guy is all over and when Jada's like, oh yeah, my boyfriend's right over there. And he's just sitting in the corner looking all creepy. Like, I'm like, <laughs> she right, she right. I think about it like that. She right. Look like a triangle head of Gumby. And I'm like, what the fuck? She wrong, Candy. Like, no, just, just throw him all away. And they said he was there with her every single time with a freaking camera. I'm like, okay, Mr. Voyeuristic. <laughs> and he hasn't worked since, you know, divorce, since he left Jada. I'm like, oh, Shit, so he's a woman. He won a $10 million lottery ticket. I exactly. <laughs> so he's a peasant. A drugged out, sexed up peasant. Just oh my God. Janet, yeah. I checked oh, his IMDB God. today. No, he's not working. Girl, can't stop. <laughs> yeah, I checked that today. All right, like, Candace, thank you for calling this, sis. <laughs> You're welcome. Bye. Bye. She's going in on Renee Hoodie. But yeah, that but we were talking about that too. Like, do yeah. you think he was getting off on this? Because it was kind of we it was dope to see it behind the scenes. Because like I said, again is one of my favorite music videos. Like I watch that all the time. That and, whole you know, era. That, that whole, whole era, era was magical. That soft Takes little. Takes back to junior high. The, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a good time. And the brown hair. The, mm-hmm. the wavy, wet and wavy brown hair. The makeup. She was just gorgeous. Now, real quick, since we're talking about the music video. Now, the Discord done put me up on something new. Now, the dude mm-hmm. who played the boyfriend, right? The love interest. Mm-hmm. I had the biggest crush on him in junior high. I'm like, oh my God, this dude is so fine. And mm-hmm. oh my gosh, him and Janet just make the per- couple. Because I didn't know about Renee back then. Child, so I went to Google him like a few years ago. And this crackhead with green eyes, his, his picture comes up. If y'all know the picture, oh, yeah. I'm not putting the chat. I sent it to you. Do you know that Discord said that that wasn't the man? That somebody put that rumor out there that he was a crackhead and he was arrested. Now, he did have bouts and issues with alcoholism, but that mugshot that's gone viral all over social media is it's not yeah, it's not here or not. And I remember him having to come out and say something like, that's not me, G. <laughs> but I didn't know that. I'm like, damn. And so I'm all hurt. Like, oh, my God, he was so fine back in junior high. Now he's a crackhead and he's robbing people. I mean, but look at what happened with Coolio hair. Like, Coolio hanging on to that little one little ass braid. So anything back then could be possible from them dudes. I get it, friend. I get it. Right. Yo, that part had me cracking up when they were like, no, T, you know that's not him. I said, what? They're like, yeah, he came out a few years ago. He had to address it. Because when you go to Google him now, if you put in Gary Durden now, um, this crackhead still pops up. Like, it's attached <laughs> to the That's wrong. <laughs> it still comes up. So it that's wrong. you how the internet is so wrong with how they Evil. just keep rumors and just nonsense going on. Evil. They just really Evil. do. But I felt out when people were like, oh, no, he, he's not really, you know, that's not really him. So I just wanted to mention that. Y'all are posting every crackhead in the industry. I can't stand <laughs> them. I cannot stand them. They got Mike Tyson in here with powder on his nose. <laughs> they got uh, They wrong. They, they wrong. got Chris Rock. Oh, y'all are wildin'. They y'all are. Wildin'. Y'all terrible people. <laughs> <laughs> so let me go ahead and bring out some more calls here. Uh Let's bring on, let's see, uh, Crystal O, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hey, T. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I was laughing the last five minutes about that picture, <laughs> not even being that guy. Oh, my goodness. 
But um, yeah, I took a couple notes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was waiting to hear about her most recent husband, but it's like, I guess because he got money like that, he didn't want to be included. <laughs> I didn't know what was up with that. Like, are they estranged? Are they not on good terms? Like, I don't know. Yeah, and I thought then, it was very interesting. They went from her making the baby a bottle and talking about motherhood and then nothing about the the Middle Eastern man. Right. The billionaire who's the child's father. She didn't talk about him at all. So maybe there was like NDAs or something signed. I don't know. <laughs> but and then was that her that was her brother with her that was sitting down with her on the couch? Yeah. Randy. Yeah, okay. Randy. Okay, good. And then uh, he kept saying your dad instead of like Papa Joe or even just Joe. Like he just kept saying, well, your dad, your dad, like, does he not claim Joe? Like, did they not like said all all of that before I, he passed away? I don't, I don't think know. That's even so much it. I think they were always because I know for one, they're they're Jehovah's Witness. And it's something because I had talked to one of my friends about this. Like, why do they always call their mom and dad Joe and Catherine? Because in the black community, you don't call your parents by their first name. It's very disrespectful. Right. You know, well, at least in the African community, I know you, you can't, you know. Mm-hmm. As hell, most Africans don't even know their damn parents' birthday or age. Right. <laughs> they don't tell you nothing. It's just <laughs> a mom and dad. That's it. Right. So I always wonder why they call their parents that. But they were saying that it's something in the Jehovah Witness religion. And I don't know this is what somebody told me. I don't know if it's 100% correct. But they're saying that you call the parents by their first and last name because the only mother slash father that you should acknowledge is God above. Oh, I don't know okay. how true that is, but that's what they were saying is because they were raised about Jehovah's Witness. So that's why they called them that. So I mm-hmm. don't know if that's why he was still saying your father. I just feel like they've always had a very interesting relationship, you know, with their parents, just starting with the fact that they called them, you know, Joe and Catherine. And mm-hmm. initially I thought they were just calling Joe, you know, by his first name, but they also be calling Catherine by her first name too. Goodness. And then I saw it like a little weird. Like I, you know, I don't believe the baby rumor at all, but like, I just found it weird. Like, when the question was asked, just say no. Like, no, I don't have any other kid except for the one that I'm currently raising, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, she she was just like, I would never keep them away from their father. Just say no, you know, <laughs> and just kill it. Right. It, it was just, it was unnecessary dancing around the question. Right. Now, uh, people are saying in the chat that they called Catherine mother. Yeah, they did. But I know, like, in some of the old like clips not in the documentary but i'm um, in the remember they had that lifetime movie whatever movie they had back in the day the jackson american dream i remember mm-hmm. in there they were calling her Catherine in that movie mm-hmm. you know when they were younger but yeah in this documentary they were referring to her as mother so you guys are correct on that one but yeah i don't i don't know like you know why you know they would keep calling him you know joe as opposed to dad but I'm thinking it might have to do with the religion because the side baby that Joe had, y'all remember I did a video on the side baby, honey. Now she's a grown woman, but she feels like her siblings, you know, don't really deal with her. Okay. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> she's trying to go on E at the 
entertainment and if she wanted a whole boat tour mad at the Jackson kids because they don't really deal with her claimer. Like they know about her. I mean, she's been around. We've all seen you over the years, Giovanni. And she was mad that they don't deal with her. Well, most kids don't deal with the side baby. Like, what do you, what do you want from the Jacksons? Right. You know? And the thing, you know, Joe paid his child support. He would go, you know, and go visit her and stuff like that. But she called Joe dad. So I always thought that was very interesting that Giovanna, I think that's her name, she caught Joe dad. She didn't call him Joe like the other kids. But yeah, they I don't mean, deal with the side sister. She, maybe she was looking for any type of connection she could link on to with that family. I don't know. She comes out every five to ten years. They're still not talking to me. They're still not inviting me to the cookout. And she wasn't mentioning the documentary either, so she'll probably be coming out again. <laughs> We don't play about Catherine, okay? She was a good woman. Joe right. out here had a side baby on her. Everybody, you know, that's that's Joe's business. Nobody's ever really acknowledged this little girl. Well, she's right. a grown woman now, but yeah, she's never had any real acknowledgement. And you know, speak- as long as she had a relation with her father, that's all that should have mattered. The siblings don't owe you nothing. Right. But speaking of Joe, like, I was just thinking, like, even growing up, like, he he's not the first strict parent or, like, even strict show parent out there. Like, what about the parents of, like, these Olympians that push them to the point of injury? What about, like, these dance moms out there that put so much pressure on their kids at a young age? Not even necessarily because they have, like, early signs of talent like the Jacksons did, but because, you know, the parent wants to live a second life through the kid. Like, no one Mm -hmm. really talks about those parents, but let a black man raise, you know, kids and get them out of a difficult situation. It's, oh, he's whooping them too much, you know? Yeah, I thought that was very interesting. Like we talked about at the beginning, you know, how the media kept, you know, asking about the whole discipline thing. Because a lot of these parents, um, especially when you see certain things in your kids, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but Mm -hmm. some people will tend to be more strict. I mean, even if you go back in the sports world, we can take, for example, LeVar Ball. Do you think those boys got good as they got by him just being a laissez-faire parent? Oh, y'all can just practice when you feel like it. No. Right. He was on them. Everything they did, they lived, breathed, and ate basketball. And now it's 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 paid off. Mm-hmm. Two of the three kids are in the NBA. You know, so, yeah, that discipline's going to be there. But, of course, we're not going to make him out to be a saint. You know, there were some things that he did that did damage the kids. I know uh, Michael talked about how they would make fun of his nose, you know, and um, his features. But then Janet also said that Michael would call her a cow and a pig when she gained weight. So Mm -hmm. I think, you know, people are just people at the end of the day. Nobody's perfect. Right. And then I'm almost done. Got a couple more points. And then when Jermaine, he said, well, I, I cheated because I, I was man, this and that. Like, but I want to snatch his face up out my TV screen and shake him up a little bit. Because why would, using the excuse that you're a man, like what? Really? Mm-hmm. In this day and age, like that's your excuse? You had years to think about it at this point, And that's the only excuse you came up with. Like you knew you were going to shoot that day. And you knew the question was going to come up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a lot to unpackage. Well, thank you so much, Crystal, for calling in. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. All right. Let me go ahead and bring on Roy. Roy, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hey, T. Hey, um, Lady J. How y'all doing? 
We're doing good. How you doing? Hey. I'm doing good, y'all. So you know, I, you know, I ain't been up here in a long time. So you know, I you know, I love the documentary. I sure mm-hmm. did. But I'm pissed off because there's some holes in that motherfucker, and I'm feeling I'm oh. exposed that because Janet Sheen talked about first well. of all, she, she ain't talk. Why she ain't talked about Bobby Brown? Now, when, when she oh. was with Bobby Brown, was she, was she when, when when you know Bobby Brown said that you know they was in that hotel room, child. He threw her out the out the hotel room. You know he pounded her out when he had his little book and his movie came out. He said that him and Janet dated. Oh, and him and Janet, yeah, yes, you all remember yeah. that? No, that Janet, yeah, him and Janet, Janet did date. They mm-hmm. did date, and he was pounded. He him and uh, Janet had a whole tryst at the hotel, and he put her ass out. The hotel room, butt ass naked. No. I want to know. Yes, she did. Yes, he did. I want to know, Janet. Did you do? Did this happen before Renee or during Renee? Because she, you know, because in, in this documentary, it, it seemed like Bobby she did Brown trust. did say that though. He did. He did. And so I My want mouth. to know. I want to know. It was this before Renee. Or after Renee, and if this was during Renee, did Renee get any footage of this? Because I, because he, video, he videotaped everybody else. He, he, he videotaped Miss Catherine Jackson. He videotaped uh, Miss Tina. He videotaped all her friends. Okay, did you videotape Bobby smashing Janet down at the hotel room? That's what I want to know. I want to know where you kicked out. I want to know what hotel you do out of Bobby. That's season two. That's season two. Man. Y'all are so messy. <laughs> but you know, they said that the reason why she could never go because uh, go public with Bobby Brown or be in like a, you know, like outside of the bedroom is because of Joe. Joe felt like Bobby was underneath, you know, was beneath them. Exactly. They said, yeah, they said Joe played a big hand in that. And I also heard low-key Whitney Houston was kind of low-key beefing with her behind mm-hmm. her. And I could see I why she was beefing too. Baby, I can see why Whitney, uh, when Nippy was um, beefing with her because the way um, Bobby was smashing Janet down to the ground in that movie chair, I would have been like pissed off too. I'm like, uh-uh, baby. I was like, because I, I remember that because when I was watching the movie, like it went viral. Like everybody gagged like, oh my God, he the fuck Janet Jackson threw her out the damn hotel room. I'm like, mm-hmm. she ain't talked about Wait that. Wait a minute. Wait, she ain't on. talked about that. That wasn't in the documentary, Janet. You got to plug your whole sis. That wasn't in there, honey. He plugged her hole, boy. Obviously. I guess so. She ain't talked about that. And then she didn't talk. But I also want to know, where is the third husband? Like, is y'all divorced? Like, what is going on? Like, she just, like, she just jumped, like, oh, I got this baby. Like, she just make it seem like the baby, like, like the, the stork dropped this baby down and she just became a mother. Okay, how did you become a mother? Who did you meet? Who, I mean, where did this baby come from? Who, who, who you ain't talking about this husband? Yeah, I, is y'all, I don't even know if they even divorced. So you you brought out Jermaine. You brought out. I was shocked that she even brought out Jermaine because I keep forgetting that she was with Jermaine. You brought about Jermaine. You brought about Renee. You brought out about uh, Renee. But uh, where's the third husband at? I believe. Yeah, we talked about it. Uh, look, I, I believe that he probably got her ass under um, uh, NBA. I think mm-hmm. so too, because you know she he a bow tie being that he like look here, we ain't gonna talk yeah. about my motherfucking ass. But she also then none of that foolishness. She ain't want none of that streets. He's like you ain't gonna fuck up my businesses. I I I pay my child That's support that because that exactly because when I remember I don't know if y'all remember this. 
it, it, it came out, but it didn't explode. When they when they announced a separation, Randy came out and said that the husband was doing too much and the husband, the third husband, was a little bit abusive. Now he didn't say what kind of abusive he was, because he kind of alluded to it. So he so I don't yeah, I look I'm looking. Well, I don't even know, you know, if it if it even has to go to the point where we're talking about physical abuse. Just think about the time exactly. that she was with him. She was dressed head to toe in like Islamic garb. Mm-hmm. Remember, she'd be in yep. that sweat outfit with the head wrap. And She's Muslim yep. now. It's like you could just tell. Yeah, she even She's changed Muslim. her religion for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in that culture, they don't play. And especially when you're talking about a man who's a billionaire. Mm-hmm. There's just going to be certain expectations. There's going to be certain things that they would not accept. And a lot of them, they, they cannot deal with the freedoms that a lot of women have in America. So a lot of those relationships never tend to last. Because look, even Rihanna, she broke with her Arab billionaire too. Sure did. And then, yeah, you know, and then with him, it was like he, he kind of alluded to, but like I said, it wasn't, I don't know if it was like he was physically abusive, because he also could have been mentally abusive, or he could have mm-hmm. been verbally. So he just right. said abusive. And I remember Randy saying that. I'm like, what what the hell? But all, as far as, and then one more last thing. Janet, I love you, girl. I've been a Jennifer. I got all your albums. But what you're not finna do is have me cuss out Justin Timberlake for 18 years and then tell me that oh we can we can stop hating Jen, uh, Justin, uh, Justin Timberlake. No, you just can't just just touch me in the morning and walk away, Janet, like that. Okay, we've been hating, we've been dragging Justin Timberlake for 45 years. We've been dragging him by his by them that by that denim suit and them braids for the last 18 years. Now you gonna come out with the little video recorder. Come out with the little iPhone, little message. Thomas, that's not, you know, we talking, you know, let's stop. Mm-hmm. Hate. Mm-hmm. I'm like, girl, be quiet. Like, and I kind of, in that, then when I got last, right now, after watching this interview and then watching that other interview, I don't know if y'all, I'm sorry, not interview, this documentary and the other documentary that was on Hulu, I think it was called The Undressing of Janet Jackson. Mm-hmm. By watching these two, watching these two video around uh, documentaries. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say it like like Justin. He was wrong for what you know, for not really like, like you know, defending her a little bit more. Okay. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I kind of feel it's like Janet, girl, it was kind of your fault, you and your team's fault because you are like you are the superstar. It all goes through you. You're the headliner. It came. That was your um your uh, um. Wardrobe, um, uh, uh, wardrobe stylist. It was on mm-hmm. you. So I kind of want to. I don't want to. For me, it just feel like Janet, girl. It was a little bit your fault, but we still love you, girl. You know, but you know, but I, like I said, I I thought the documentary was really good. But those were the two, the three things that I really was like, okay. And then lastly, one thing I what the other caller was saying as far as Renee. Like, I didn't know a lot about Renee, like how how they met, and then also with the painkiller thing, I didn't know anything about that. And, you know, I was I was really uh, shocked about that. But everything else I already knew because I've been like a Jenna fan all my life, but that's all I got to say, y'all. Okay, <laughs> well, thank you so much for calling in, Roy. All right, thank y'all. Thank you. <laughs> bye, you too, y'all. bye. <laughs> Roy went off, honey. He had all types of little notes. He was ready. 
I didn't realize, but you know, it kind of makes sense because if we just sat up here and said, you know, stadium foreplay with Renee and dancing on people and shit, she probably was sexually tried, you know, hampered and was just like pop and lost it and probably was just doing anything. Everybody knows T no shade as they say, but wow, I didn't know about Bobby. I did not know about that. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Bobby Brown put that out there. Remember he was doing the Bobby Brown documentary on BET? Oh, it was during that That's point. Okay, that okay. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's when I first heard about it. I didn't know that they ever messed around or dated way back then. So, you know, that was very interesting. But yeah, I don't think their relationship was deep enough. And probably the way he portrayed her in the documentary is like, why would I have Bobby Brown in my documentary? Sure. And he got me getting kicked out the hotel room and all this other stuff. It was Light a mess. Up. So let me go ahead and <laughs> I'm gonna bring on uh, Miss Paula. Miss Paula, go ahead and unmute your microphone, sis. Hey, how y'all doing? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing well. Hey, green room. My first time, so I'm a little nervous, but I'm gonna get through it. Um, but the reason I love the documentary, mm-hmm. but uh, just like Roy, I'm not forgiving no Justin Timberlake. That just ain't happening. With Justin, it's always, he's used, basically, he's stepped on the backs of women, even when it comes to Britney Spears and Janet Jackson. He used both of those women. And with the whole Super Bowl thing, he, even if she told him not to say anything about it, how come you coming out in songs, making references to it, talking about I was on the charts, you wasn't there, that whole give it to me with with him, Timbaland, and Nelly Furtado, it was just like, bro, come on. Like, mm-hmm. you can't, you stepping on her when she down. Like, why would you do that? That's why he he's like, his curly perm self, I just, to me, I just can't, I can't do him. Now, as far as James DeBarge and this daughter, I remember uh, more than a few years ago, his mama was on Inside Edition, Erlene DeBarge, and this woman came through saying that she was the secret baby. Y'all, this child didn't look nothing like Janet or James. Like, it was just like, who, like, stop playing in our faces. Just stop it. And as far as Bobby Brown is concerned, it meant more to him than it did to her. Fact. Please believe. It meant cheap. And as far as he was concerned, he thought it was because he was black. Now, you notice most of them Jacksons besides Reby ain't married or basically... Besides her and Jermaine, because Jermaine was married to Hazel Gordy, most of them don't have kids by, you know, black people, women. Black women, yeah. Now, while we're speaking on the brothers, two of the brothers have kids by the same baby mama. Girl, Their kids are German. siblings and cousins. How many of y'all Jermaine that? and Randy. Yeah, I said, what kind of incestuous weirdo shit is this? And it was Man. a woman, you know, who was having, you know, she got with one. Had, you know, kids with the one and then got with the next brother. And I'm just like, okay, really? There is too many people out here in this world for y'all to be sharing the same baby's mothers and y'all are brothers. Exactly. And just a few parts in there. I think it was like the last part. You remember when she went up to the Las Vegas house where she said, this is my brother's house. This is where Mike was. Mm -hmm. And she goes, me and my brothers went to the theater room and they proposed a tour with her as the opening act for her brothers. Mm. Do you know the money that could have been? I know Michael Jackson had a thing where he didn't want to go out with his brothers, 
But at that time, he was broke. He was borrowing money against the Beatles catalog. So that would, them t- tickets could have been astronomically high and people still would have bought them and still would have went. Janet opening up for the Jacksons and then you got Michael Jackson performing all his stuff too. Uh, that would have yeah, been, been something. That, that would have been, been over something. the top. Over mm-hmm. the top. Oh, and just a little bit of tea. You know, Tina, Landon, and Janet just got back to being friends after uh, basically when Scream happened because she choreographed Scream with uh, Michael and Janet. But do y'all, she got engaged on the Velvet Rope tour. And do y'all remember when Janet did an interview? She does it on Oprah when they did the How Do You Get Why Did You Get Married? And they were like, Would you tell if a significant other, if your friend, We can't hear you. Oh, Lord. You're like moving or something. Oh, can you hear me okay. now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they asked her, well, you know, if uh, your significant, if your friend's significant other was cheating, would you tell your friend? And she goes, no. Well, come to find out, the re- they hadn't been talking for years because the guy she was engaged to was a dancer on that Velvet Rope tour also, and he mm-hmm. was cheating on her, and Janet knew. Mm. And a friendship just completely exploded until basically after Michael died. But all right, so that was it. Okay, well that was some interesting tea. I didn't know about that. Yeah, that was. I mean, they had been together for. I mean, they've been friends for years. I got mm-hmm. to go to the Velvet Rope tour, and I was sitting in the nose nose <laughs> I know. I, I was outside on the street. Oh my god. <laughs> I was like in like the nosebleed section and this guy comes up and he goes, hey, Janet wants her fans to be able to experience her, you know, whatever. He said, well, just give me your tickets and I'll give you some more. So I'm looking at him like, hey, give you my tickets, you know, but we're already in the, the arena. And so my boyfriend at the time goes, just give him the tickets. We, they gave us tickets second row. We sat oh my behind. Gosh. We had sat behind uh, Tish, Shanette, and Tina had came out to, this is how old it was. Usher was her opening act. They came mm. out and sat right up front in the first row and were watching him perform and stuff. And I'm sitting there just like, oh my God, oh my God, this, I'm like, oh my God, that Shanette heard. Oh my God, oh my God. So it was just like, I was completely starstruck, even with her dancers. Back in the day, her dancers were the thing too. Like if you're a total mm-hmm. Janet fan, you knew her dances and everything. So, yeah. Oh, Tish. Somebody said in the comments, Tish is a surgeon actually. If you re- look her up, she's a mm-hmm. surgeon now. So, I mean, Tish. I mean, she was the funny, funny dancer or whatever. But she was really funny and just beautiful girl, beautiful black girl. But she's a surgeon and everything now. So, just a little tea on think, that. Do you think Janet will come out with another tour? Yeah. I really want to. I really yeah. want her to because I want to go. Like, well, she released a single. Yeah, she did a single the night of in the credits. It was a single. I forgot the name of it, but it's a new single from her. But I, I believe but she she'll go back. Do a tour. I want her to do I a tour because I can afford to go. I can afford yeah. to get a ticket. So I want her exactly. to go back on tour. <laughs> I truly believe. I truly believe she's going to do it again. Because but she was supposed to do it during like, um, I think it was not in the 99 99 but 2019 and 2020 but covid and everything so hopefully mm. she you know come comes on and 
so I can go see it again this time. So I'm looking forward to her going on tour, maybe doing something. So definitely. Well, thank you so much for calling in. Ms. No Carla. problem. Thank you. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye bye. Bye. She made some real good points and spilled some tea. I like that. I hope she goes on tour though, Lady J. I think that'd be dope if she decides to do this. Yeah, I would like to see her in, you know, on tour. She still has it. She still can pull it off. Mm-hmm. Oh, she can definitely still pull it off. I think that'd be like just, just really cool. I don't know. There's so much. Yeah, I would like to see it. But, you know, yeah. the game has changed so much now with the way performance are working. It's going to be maybe a while before we can have stadium-like situations again. Maybe not. That's I don't true. know. Because of COVID and all that stuff. Yeah. We'll uh-huh. have to see. But I'm definitely, yeah. if, she did, if she announces it, I'm definitely going. Like, you say, I can afford going. it now. I can afford it now. I got to stand outside in front of the Target Center. That is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so now, we're, we've been out here for about an hour and a half. So the last half, I want to talk about the Michael Jackson um, allegation situation. Now, one thing that shocked me that I did not know. Now, if you guys remember growing up, Michael Jackson was the king of Pepsi. He had all those Pepsi commercials. I remember there was one where uh, Macaulay Coffin was in there and uh, Alfonso Roberto. And there was a lot of uh, Roberto. There was a lot of people always involved in like Michael Jackson stuff, right? He always had these huge productions. I don't care if it was for Pepsi or if it was like a music video. So Janet Jackson says at that point, uh, Pepsi initially wanted to sign her, but Coke came out with like a multi-million dollar deal. They wanted Janet to be the queen of Coke, Coca-Cola. And so they were getting ready to do the deal. They had pitched everything to her. And then the pedo allegations come out and Coca-Cola basically told Janet Jackson, bye-bye. We don't want no parts. So she was a casualty of Michael Jackson's, you know, allegations just because of the relation. So I just thought that was really sad because I didn't know that her bag was also being affected because of her brother. Um, You know, another thing, I love the behind the scenes where Renee was um, showing the footage of her and Michael Jackson writing the Scream song, right? And Scream was like one of my favorite videos as well. Very futuristic. We had never seen anything like that as kids. And then to have both of these megastar siblings coming together. But what really bothered me, Lady J, is that when I was watching this, I almost felt, and, and maybe it's just me, and this is no Tino shade, but I low-key feel like Michael Jackson low-key used her to try to deflect away from these allegations. Because it's like, as soon as the allegations came out, he ran like, oh, you know, let's do a song together. They had never done a song together before this, and Mm. they've never done one after this. Now, I was here for them doing the song together, and I had assumed they had filmed everything together. Right. That was shocking. Yeah, and so when she said that the only time they were together on that set was when they did their collabs dancing, but when he was doing his own little scenes, she wasn't even allowed to be there in the room. And you could tell she was still hurt about that to this day because she said, I thought it was going to be how it was when we were kids. I mean, these are siblings that grew up on a variety show Mm. where they always worked together, danced together, sang together, 
And she was saying like she felt like the the record company was low key making it a competition. Like we don't want you to watch what he's gonna do or his moves, and then you try to copy it. But my thing is, the record company can only do so much. You're Michael Jackson. You're one of the biggest stars See, in the world. See, yeah, he yeah. And shut at it first, down. and at first, I was like, oh, competition between the record companies. Yeah, that was the contractual arrangement. That's what they did. But siblings are siblings, and if you're the two biggest stars and you're the ones doing the work. Um, I don't think that's an excuse. And, you know, thinking about it, I do agree. I know that to me, it was kind of jarring when I heard her speak about that. And I'm like, wait a minute. Damn, that's right. They didn't do anything else. And then I kind of remember going back to that moment when I heard Scream for the first time, because I remember everybody saying, oh, they finna have a new video. It was they 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 promoted it, saying it was going to premiere tonight at 8 p.m. on MTV or something like that. You know, I'm showing my age, but whatever. And we all ran to our TVs and we watched Mm -hmm. it and we talked about it. And I remember saying, wow, it was different. But I always remember feeling eerie about it. And that's what it was. He needed Janet. He rolled off of her to, to, to bring himself back into the life that he was accustomed to. And she felt hurt by that. But she couldn't actually outwardly say that because Mm -hmm. she was basically replicating what Joe did in those interviews back in the early days in the the early seventies, when you would get these interviews with people trying to, you know, pit family business out in the street to cause division. And it seems like Janet didn't want to do that, but she acknowledged that's exactly what happened. And it kind of makes me look at Michael like, you nigga, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> Yeah, like people are saying in the chat, they feel like Janet was almost like his bailout. Yeah, I see and that. And people I agree. kind of felt like there was an underlining jealousy. You know, like it just, because like somebody else in the chat, they can't look at Scream the same way. And I kind of feel like that as well, mm. because I thought it was a very cohesive thing, because we're just on the outside looking in. And we're just excited that these two major pop stars that we've grown up with are collaborating, you know, as siblings. Mm-hmm. Like, I understood why she didn't collaborate initially because she never wanted people to feel like she's riding off of his coattails because mm-hmm. the second you collab with somebody, then all of a sudden everybody feels like that person made you. So I respected her for not ever collaborating with him initially, but then she got to the point where she was bigger than Michael because I know I learned a lot of stats from watching this and I didn't realize that her album sold more than Thriller. You know, yeah. she was one of the top paid women in entertainment. So she got to a point where she was way bigger than her brother. She made it herself. You know, she made, you know, she paid the way for herself for the most part. So even in that time when she was releasing those albums, they could have collabed because at that point she had nothing else to prove. But it was just very interesting that when the allegations came out, all of a sudden, you know, he wanted this collab. And it just, it made, it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. When mm-hmm. she was saying, like, he just kind of, you know, you see them writing and, and coming up with the lyrics and you can tell she's really into it. She really wants to help her brother. She really wants to do something, you know, to make him feel better. And then they get on set and it's like this slight competition. It's all this shade. And and one thing I know about people in the industry, child, they will put everything on their manager, publicist, record label. And it really sometimes be their own thoughts. But it's easier to say, oh, my manager said, or my publicist said, or the record label said, and maybe they didn't even say anything. Maybe it was all his idea, but he just didn't want, you know, 
Janet necessarily involved. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. You I know, as far as like watching them dance and stuff. Oh yeah, and like even what people are saying in the comments talking about this whole thing of like competition and somebody was saying, a few people saying he pushed his family away. Yeah, he did. And she even made an acknowledgement of that, that it was the Thriller album. You know, it was that moment where things change and we all can sit back and say, we remember in hindsight a moment when things change if we were paying enough attention. We can go back mm -hmm. and she understood it for what it was. Michael did things. He pushed his family away. Okay, that's fine. But then you come back to family. Then the family supports you and they're all, and he needed that and I understand it. And it was a classic case of him getting fame and money and getting attention and going in that direction and then being empty and coming back home. That's exactly yeah. what he did. Because I mean, after the thriller, yeah. that's what, um, you know, that's what she was saying that after the thriller, he did kind of separate himself. Because remember, Reeby was even saying she had, when they were interviewing her way back then, she's like, I haven't talked right. to Michael in a year. And I get getting busy and getting pulled 50 million ways. I couldn't even imagine, you know, what it is to be Michael Jackson, one of the biggest stars in the world. But they were such a tight knit family. What is a quick phone call just to check in and, you know, how's everybody doing? I send my love, you know, things like that. But like she said, he ended up kind of distancing himself from the family and then surrounding himself with all the wrong people. And most of those people that he was surrounded by were just yes men. I mean, mm -hmm. think about the doctor who ended up giving him the profile that allegedly killed him. Like what I mean, doctor in the yeah. right mind would even agree to that? You're putting somebody under, under anesthesia because they can't sleep. Give his ass a damn, you know, um, what is that called? Like uh, melatonin and go to bed. Like, like you're putting somebody under as if you're about to operate on their kidney. Like she, he was miserable. Is not a joke. You don't use that. Yeah. So it's just like there were so many yes men around him. And I think you could just tell like the hurt. And Janet, when she talks about that, because it's like, you know, she wanted that bond back with her brother, how it was. She wanted that closeness. So I really respect her for just being honest, because I think so many times, especially once somebody has passed, it's like everybody wants to sugarcoat everything and act like this, this, this person never had any flaws. And she's talking about Michael in an honest way. Like, you know, near the end of his life, I hadn't seen him you know, in a year or two after we did the scream and, you know, he got off mm. trial. We really didn't see him after that. You know, then they went to their mother's birthday party and that was the last time that she seen him and he said that he loved her. So they did have, you know, a, a good connection in that moment at the end. But mm. imagine just how much time he missed, you know, with his siblings and the nieces and the nephews and stuff like that. Well, you know what I saw it as, too? She was in love with another drug abuser because towards the end of Michael's life, he was abusing drugs, you mm. know, and he, we know that's what it is. And we knocking Michael for that. Michael, you were under some unique circumstances. And with that being said, I'm going to just leave that there. But I think that that's what it was. And she loved him to a fault. And she acknowledged that that's her problem. But when you had that type of issue, it stems from somewhere. And it does stem from the traumatic experiences that she had in her youth. However great her life may be now and the comforts that she have, she still had traumatic effects that are still with her today. They yeah. acknowledge it, you know, and it's and that's why I think for her, it was quite therapeutic to come out and do this since we're all talking mental health 
you know, during and post COVID, you know, we're still in it, is that you have a lot of people coming out having these conversations about mental health and how she said, you know, she kind of had to do this. You don't know what negative press takes a toll on a person and how it deals with a person, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, which was interesting. But one thing that's kind of funny is you get to see Mr. Medea. I can't never remember that Negro name. What's his name? Who played Medea, y'all? Tyler Perry. Why he is, girl, he is saving all the celebrity souls. You know, he helped resurrect Janet. You know, he helped, he helped Harry and Meghan when they ain't had no home. <laughs> Just, you He's know, that was Lord's an interesting work. point. He's doing the Lord's work. I thought that was another little interesting piece to, the, to, to her story as well. Um, so, yeah, I can't wait to see what season two is going to look like. I wonder if we're going to hear anything about her most recent husband. Will we see the kid? We you think you're gonna do another documentary? This isn't a TV show. <laughs> season one. Didn't it say season one? Does, don't that mean it's gonna be some more? Or yeah, that's I it? don't know. I, this is just the one, and it was in four parts. She's talking about season two, like it's a reality show. <laughs> I mean, I tell what me something. Two bring. I don't think well, she's gonna do an update. I think this was just because it was. I mean, it was like a four-hour show. You know, yeah, so it's it just like yeah. the, just everything stuffed in one. I just think it's just going to be the one documentary. I mean, unless she wants to, you know, keep having the cameras follow her on this tour that I want her to do. I'm here for it. I mean, she got eight <laughs> years. How many years they they had filmed her for five years? She got a lot of yeah. film. So she I can see that's what that's why. I, and because it came up like that, I'm thinking maybe it could be. But you may be right. This may be it. You know, she seems like that she's the type of woman that would cut it off right here. I could see that it was enough. Yeah, I mean, unless Latoya ends up coming out, you know, Girl, Latoya was spilling gonna... some tea when it came to Michael Jackson's death. I really ain't heard too much from her since. And that's I'm why sure you don't hear in. from her. And that's why she mm-hmm. wasn't on it today or that documentary <laughs> because she didn't do too much talking. Latoya, man, y'all don't know Latoya in the 80s, honey. Yeah, honey, they, the oof. She be having the tea. She was trashy, child. She tried and it didn't work. And it was just, it wasn't a good look, y'all. It wasn't good. Mm-mm. So I see that mm-hmm. she wasn't going to be on there. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, let me go ahead and bring on a few more people before we go here. So let me go ahead and bring on Tay-Tay. Tay-Tay, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hey, lovely T. Hey, Lady J. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, we can hear you perfectly. How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm doing well. Um, I just want to talk about the the documentary to me, in my opinion, it was really good. Um, one thing I learned about I learned a lot about Janet. One thing I liked about the documentary is is that it really humanized Janet. Um mm-hmm. in looking at her childhood, um, how she was close with her siblings growing up. Um being an entertainer at such a young age, I mean, she was on good times. I mean, she had her, she was performing in Las Vegas at a, as a young child. And I remember a part in the documentary where it, she said that, um, you know, late at night, you know, once they were done with their performance, they would see like the Las Vegas, like topless women um, dancing on stage. I was like, what in the world? Like her childhood was just much different than, you know, what we grew up in. I was like, huh? That's crazy. So she was kind of, to me, exposed to like, you know, boobies and titties at a at a young age. Okay, you know, strippers at a young age. 
Right. I, I was like, okay. But, um, and to me, it really showed Janet and that she's a really non-confrontational person. Like she doesn't like conflict, even though, even though I, I must say, like I had an issue when she forgave Justin, like, oh, let's just forgive and move on. I'm like, no, you can forgive Janet. I, I just can't forgive him because I, I feel like if the shoe was on the other foot, he would have dragged you under the bus <laughs> if you had mm-hmm. done, you know. So it, I think as a man, he could have, he should have still stepped up and said something. Exactly. I'm like, yeah. really? Like to me, and to this day, I just look at that whole situation very differently. But, you know, I, I think she probably also did it because, you know, Jan is getting older. She wants to move on, live her life. And, you know, I get it. Ain't no need in holding, you know, bitterness or anything. But again, I just wish sometimes as black women, like just express it's OK to be angry. It's OK to be like, you know, just see it for what it is. Like we still mm-hmm. live in a very. Um, no offense, like a racist society, like in a very biased society. So, you know, some things you just can't let slide. Yeah, but the media tore her up. Exactly. Yeah. They really, literally, they really low key, when you think about it, almost destroyed her career because most people were not checking for that album. Mm -mm. And it was just like people were kind of over Janet. She had to like kind of go, like just go away. You didn't see her for a long time after that. Nowhere. Exactly. Exactly. Like she lost most, like a lot of the, she was at the prime when that Mm -hmm. whole Super Bowl thing happened. And she lost a lot of good years, lost a lot of money. You know, she didn't get, you know, probably that's why she had to go to that billion. Yeah, I ain't mad. But, um, it, it, you know, it, Meanwhile, Justin is on the rise. You know, he got Future Love set, you know, releasing albums and movies. And I'm like, huh? Okay. Yeah. Okay, we get that. But the only thing I wish <clears throat> I didn't like, um, well, not didn't like her. I don't know, Renee. That whole situation, like, I don't know. He gives me, like everybody said, creepy vibes. It's, it's just something about him that's just like sinister. Like I feel like they were into some other stuff. I don't. <laughs> I don't know, like threesomes and like media, like it just gives me that vibe. But I would agree, like he really, I don't know, maybe opened up that whole sexuality thing out the gate, you know, when she met him because she did marry the barge. And, you know, I just find it funny that the only way she thought to get away from her father was to get married. I'm like, why marriage? Why do you need another man to get away from your daddy? But that was just weird. But the whole thing with Renee would just creep me out. He he just gave me creepy vibes. And then, then she paid him money, you know, $10 million. I was like, huh? I, I just, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, Tay-Tay, thank you so much for calling in. It was good talking to you. Thank you. Good All night. right. Good night. Let me go ahead and bring on Christina. Christina, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you perfectly. Perfect. Thank you so much. Love you, T. Love you, love you, love you, love you so love much. You too. And hi, Lady J. It's always good to hear from you as well. Okay, so I'm so mad because you picked Roy before me and Roy took what I wanted to say about Bobby Brown. But anyway, um, when she said <laughs> when she said that um 
she's addicted. She she's attracted to men who do drugs. The first person I thought of was Bobby Brown because of the his movie mm. on BET. So that was the first person I thought of, even though I know she was with the DeBarge dude. Um, because I know he I know he was doing like smoking weed. I don't know if she was before or during Whitney because I know he said Whitney put him on the harder drugs. Mm-hmm. But that's who I thought of. And then, but I do believe that girl is her daughter. I'm sorry. I just, I'm sorry, y'all. Say what y'all want to say. I do believe that's her daughter. I think she just What's covered girl, up the, the girl. girl from the, 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 the barge, the one that came out with the grandmother, or are you talking about Brandy? No, the Brandy, the one that they said was uh, the oldest that sister was like raising. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, because I would, you know, and what she kept saying, she, she wouldn't keep her from her uh, father. But if your the father is heavily on drugs, of course you're gonna ki- kind of keep your kid from that father. Because mm-hmm. he was on drugs for some years. It wasn't like he kicked it in, you know, early in the game. Like he was on it for a while. But There's a few of y'all in the chat that really think that she had a baby. This I know. Really, I think I don't. It's, it's like it's it really divides people. But where was she? Like nobody saw her pregnant. Well, I guess we didn't see Kylie pregnant. It's because it was, it was because of the baggy clothes. Even though I know Debbie uh, Allen came out, was like she was on you know that show, and she uh was only had the baggy clothes because she was on birth control. I think I missed that line in the documentary of her being on birth control. But uh, it was a, but the nineties or well, the early eighties nineties was uh, the era of, of baggy clothes, I guess. But um, see, Janet was born the same year as my mom, so uh, that's that story always been in our house of her having a key, a secret daughter. So that's you know when you hear something like Darner all your life, you kind of believe. And then we saw the pictures of her, we were like, dang, she do look like a mix of her of Janet and the Debar's guy. But mm-hmm. if it's not true, it's fine. I'm not gonna drag her through the mud about it. And then um. The whole Super Bowl thing, like I, I wrote down some bullet points. I didn't want to be on here forever, but the whole Super Bowl thing, I hated how they disinvited her to the Grammys, but still invited Justin Timberlake. Now, I have a different take on Justin Timberlake because I love me some Justin Timberlake. And I really didn't like when I was, a, you know, I was born in the end of the 80s. So I was a kid through a lot of this. But in the 2000s, I was like a teenager. So when the Super Bowl happened, I, I watched it. And I seen it when it happened, but I didn't really wasn't big into like the media like that, so I didn't really know of the as much of backlash that she had got, or if he never said anything, or if he said anything until this Hulu documentary came out. And then I really wish he would have said something, or even if he told, if, even if she told him not to say anything, he still could have been like it was an accident. But he really didn't say much to even defend himself. Or were like defend the whole situation in a whole. Was, he could have like it was just an accident. We didn't mean for it to happen like that. You didn't right. even have to go down the line and say Janet is amazing. It was not her fault. You could have just said it was an accident. Accidents happen. Mm-hmm. But um, he didn't say much to for that situation. And then the Jermaine Dupri situation. I don't even know. In my mind, I don't even know how they got together. I don't. They didn't even look like a good fit. But and you know. Opposites attract, I guess. But well, him cheating, I feel. Jermaine is in the is in the one. He's in the industry, but he was right. also raised and born into the industry because his father right. is a mega producer and and um, runs a record label and everything. So just the fact that that's somebody who can understand her line of work. 
Right, like they they run the same circle, and yeah, he do understand her schedule, his schedule. You're like, you know, most regular people wouldn't understand you gone for right. months on end, and then come back, you there for maybe two, three days, and then gone again. So yeah, I understand that. And then the whole coke when they pulled that advertisement from her during the whole Michael scandal when it came out. It's like, you know how when you have a job and back in the day, they didn't like to hire siblings or family members because if mm-hmm. one quit, the other one to quit, it was the stereotype that they had. So I felt like that was kind of the issue. I really wish they wouldn't have punished her for the sins of Michael. They're two different people just because they had the same last name, come from the same background. But, you know, it, it was just sad and I really wish that wouldn't happen to her. She okay. didn't deserve She didn't right. deserve that. No, so. definitely. Well, thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate you. No problem. Okay, bye. All right, so we're going to just take uh, about two, three more calls. So let me go ahead. Um, Sade, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Um, Satchel Page, go ahead and unmute your microphone. What's up, everybody? Can y'all hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. How are you? I'm doing good. How y'all doing tonight? Good. So... My first thing I want to say is Michael was never broke. So let's not, let's not predicate that lie that, you know, people try to put out there. Michael was never broke. The man owned half a Sony recording. That's how he got it was with the off the wall and thriller album. Nobody's outsold the thriller album in the world. He sold over 50 million copies off the bat. So he really never really needed Janet, but during the thriller album, Janet and uh, Tito were the ones who helped him do the initial tracks. For the Thriller album, they played the instruments before Quincy Jones and any of them came in the studio. So he always worked with Janet, but it was behind the scenes. And a lot of people don't know that. Michael was always working with his siblings. He did actually, you know, get away from everybody when he became the glove one and was wearing the glasses and wouldn't do interviews. He started acting weird. But Janet, she always was super duper private. So to see this documentary and with her revealing everything about herself is crazy. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, so much you learn from the situations that she went through and how she broke through because as a female in the industry and having control over your music, you're funny as hell with the whisper thing. I can't even get that out of my head. But with everything she had to do to get control, mm-hmm. it's amazing because they always try to put people, oh, she's against Whitney or she's against that. But Janet really made her own lane. She made it where you had to get out here and dance. You know, that Rhythm Nation, that was cold. Mm-hmm. I think too a lot of she was the blueprint for a lot of females and female groups. Like she definitely was the blueprint. True indeed, true indeed. Like like uh little Kimmy is kind of for rap, but Janet, you know, she put that step. Now you if you want to be the top echelon like a Beyonce or whatever, you gotta dance. If you wanted to be a uh uh Christina Million or or uh uh Christina Aguilera or What's the other girl named Britney Spears? You had to come out and dance if you wanted to emulate, you know, that Jackson family because they were known for that. They were known for dance and they were known for great choreography. And then her acting was always good to me, too. You know, I know a lot of people don't really mess with her, but her acting was super dope. But what was funny is she wanted to make Tupac take an HIV test just to do a kiss. Like, now, let's talk about that because we're not going to we're not going to put that rumor out there. So let me break that down. Right. Since we see you're an MJ fan, the whole Tupac AIDS uh, test situation happened this way because Joe Torrey, the one that played Chicago, he spoke on this and so did John Singleton not too long ago. Tupac thought it was real. 
John Singleton said that he put that rumor out there because he, it was it's like him and Tupac were basically vying for Janet's attention. And he was kind of getting annoyed because it's like Tupac is talking to so many girls and he's messing with the background chicks and the extras. But Janet was obviously feeling him as well. So jokingly, he said, well, I'm going to make you take an AIDS test. Tupac said that he thought that Janet Jackson was the one demanding an AIDS test. But he did a, he did an interview, John Singleton, before he died with Drink Chance, where he admitted that that was just a rumor. And then Joe Torrey came out. He did another interview on a podcast where he stated as well that Janet Jackson never said that. That came from production and John Singleton. But John Singleton said that he said it as a joke. But Tupac really, you know, he took it personal. And they said that the reason why they were even thinking about asking him to do an AIDS test because Tupac was on set messing with the background uh, actors. He was messing with Lisa Lopez. He was messing with everybody who was coming through. Mr. I get around. Yeah. So, yeah, it wasn't Janet who did that. She's always gotten a bad rap for that. Now, she did change her number. She did change her number after, you know, production wrapped up. But that could have been for any reason. And people also have to realize she was married. So she can't really be entertaining Tupac and John Singleton and all that stuff. You know, once the job is over, you know, a lot of these big celebrities, they move on to other things. They change phone numbers. They, you know, they go work on other projects. But yeah, she never ordered Pop to get an AIDS test. That came from John Singleton. People, as a joke. Forget, she, people forget she went to the wars with uh, Magic Johnson, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. She was, she was a little fast one out here on the low. But you know, but thanks everybody for uh, you know having a uh, you know great discussion. Everybody was really dope, and thank you T for letting me speak. Appreciate it. Definitely, thanks for calling in. All right, so I'm gonna go. <laughs> and then Thu's and then still through shade. Yeah, she was with Matt Johnson. <laughs> Y'all are in the comments, Wally. <laughs> Y'all not gonna come for Jetty, Eddie. Let me go ahead and um, bring up one more person here. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Terrible, sure terrible, ready. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> She's a little fast one. No. The shade, honey. You know, she, she, why, you know, we can have a little penis every now and then. That's funny. <laughs> Let me go ahead and bring on Jess Martinez. Jess, go ahead and unmute your microphone. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. It's snowing here in Texas, so I'm snowed in. And oh God, you said I thought I was about to say somewhere in the Midwest or the or the uh, over there on the East Coast. They've been dealing with snow. Why is it snowing in Texas? Uh, I don't know, but we're getting six inches. It's been snowing all day. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. It's pretty bad. <laughs> it's that dark winter. Joe Biden was talking about hoodie. Yeah, I know. I'm like, oh, because that was a. Fu- your phone is going in and out. Can you hear me? Okay, now we can hear you. Okay. So what did you what was your takeaway from the documentary? Um, I liked it. I actually finished the four uh the part four this uh afternoon. Um mm-hmm. I thought they did a really good job in letting her uh put it the way she wanted to in her perspective, like how she was saying at the end that um you know, you have all the magazines and all these other people, you know, saying from their point of view. And so I thought it was really cool that she got to say her piece. Um, I think that she needed that. <laughs> so I thought that was real, like an empowering move for her. I uh, didn't know a lot about her, 
So with her dealing with the drug, you know, addicts and just her wanting to find that love and just wanting somebody to see her, um, I think that, you know, it really did humanize her. And so I, I loved it. I thought it was really good. I thought she was just classy. Um, the rumors about the baby, I don't believe it. I don't think she would be the type of person to do that to her own kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but the part with Michael, like, I, I think she was really hurt, um, by how it just all ended. Um, I know because she was part of the industry. I know she did know what Michael went through. And so she kind of respected the boundaries that there were. But I think with Thriller and how she's like, you could tell like she was really hurt when she was like, you know, when he came in and, and did that, like she, I know she like knew at that moment, like she lost her brother. Like it was, he wasn't going to be with Scream. With Scream, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, well, yeah. when he had told her that he was going to do Thriller and that she said after that, oh. he just started changing. Like she's like, he just, he okay. just wasn't the same person anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was just like her, like, like she was mourning her brother long before he passed away, you know? And so mm. just even dealing with that and just her father, you know, um, I think she just was longing for that father figure, that father love. And Joe, I mean, for what he did and why he did it, I mean, there wouldn't be a Michael Jackson and a Janet Jackson and the Jackson five and everything that they um gave to the pop culture, you know? Um, So I think it's sad that in a sense like he had to sacrifice, you know, that love that what you would normally give your children for that sort of um, greatness that, you know, he gave to the world. So mm-hmm. I think that was really important that like how you said they were talking about him in the media and always talking about the abuse and making him look out to be this awful person. But like, I just think as a parent now, knowing like that in some cases, you know, you want the best for your kid. And even back then, you know, being a black man, you know, um, in the sixties and even before that, like, I mean, he, he went through it. He saw what it was and he didn't, he wanted better for his children. And obviously he gave them the best that he could. So I thought that was really, um, that was really cool. And I thought that that was cool of her to like talk about it the way she did, uh, respectfully. And she didn't call him out of his name. You know, she didn't disrespect anybody, um, I think so. I just loved it. I think she's so classy. She's the a queen, you know, royalty. She's beautiful and just has this beautiful heart that it's really nice to see an artist with that sort of integrity and still around. No, I definitely agree. And I think, too, it was nice for her to kind of reintroduce herself. To like a younger generation, like you said, such as yourself, who may not know a whole lot about her because she's been so private. Like you guys are more used to like celebrities. I mean, everything that hits their mind, they have to tweet. I just had an avocado. Okay, ma'am. Anyway. Right. Like, you, you know, know all about like, their day. Yeah. You know all their day. Right. From the, yeah. <laughs> from the moment like, they wake okay. up. 
Yeah, right. the moment they go to sleep, you know all about them. They're, you know, posting everything and everything. And she's just so private, has always been. And so now that she's just introducing herself how she wants to, I think that's awesome. I think especially now in this generation, um, I think it definitely, everything that she went through, um, how she said in the end, like she doesn't regret any of it because obviously she's thankful for everything she has and to hear somebody say that and she's been through it all um it really just i don't know just lets you know a lot that even being a celebrity you know what i mean isn't having mm -hmm. it all like you're still human you're still gonna go through some shit you know she still had issues like and she was beautiful talented she could sing her ass off dance her ass off. you know what i mean like mm -hmm. she still longed for this validation you know that she just longed for it definitely well thank you so much for calling in jess i appreciate you well thank you so much for having me and i hope you'll have a wonderful evening you too and stay warm down there in texas yes thank you <laughs> y'all too everybody <laughs> bye Okay, so we're going to go ahead and bring on Dan. Dan, go ahead and unmute your microphone. But Lady J, we're wrapping up here. It's almost 8 o'clock. This was a really good show. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, I was glad I had a chance. So many good comments in the chat. Well, it looks like Dan's back. Dan, is your phone working now? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, perfect. I can hear you. All right, perfect. So... Um, I just have two two points to really touch on. So about the beginning of uh, the documentary, uh, when they were asking Joe um, in the interview, they had all of the all of the uh, children kind of sitting by, beside him. And the interviewer asked, you know, how do you discipline your, your children? And he gave the answer of, you know, making them take out trash. And then she went back to say, well, how do you discipline Michael? And I'm like, this is just a really bizarre question to ask um, on national TV with your children sitting there. So I felt like the media was kind of starting to divide this family, um, you know, lead singer versus family, uh, to because there was not a lot of uh, African-American uh, families that were prominent on, on the screen back then. So you kept on hearing that constantly. And so I think that was kind of the media's initial way to kind of break down the uh like the greatness that that family was providing to the public. And my uh, next point was I, I kind of have to give the uh, Super Bowl situation a side eye because I don't know if anyone um, has ever seen the interview that Janet had with Oprah. And so on that interview, she said, this is like the only time, the final time that I'm going to talk about the Super Bowl situation. And she said, um, after being asked, you know, are, are you friends with Justin? You know, how do you feel about, you know, what his response? And she said uh, verbatim or something very similar, uh, you know, you don't do that to friends. And, you know, I, I, I don't really speak to him much, but, you know, I felt I feel betrayed and you don't do that to friends. And so now she's coming back and saying um, that, you know, she told him initially not to say anything. So I think that they must have had a falling out very close or, or shortly after the Super Bowl, because I, I very vividly remember her saying that on the Oprah show. But now um, it's coming out that she's saying that uh, she told him not to say anything. So I think there's a little bit of uh, discrepancies within her responses. I love her, uh, but I have to kind of give that situation a side eye. I think there's a few 
additional things that happen that we don't know about. I know some people were saying that in the chat earlier when we were talking about it earlier, that they were remembering that Oprah interview. I can't, I, for me, I don't remember the Oprah interview like that. I remember she went on Oprah, but I don't remember what was said. But they were kind of saying the same thing that you're saying, that on the Oprah mm-hmm. interview, she was kind of calling out Justin and saying, you know, if you're really a friend, you don't do friends like that. And, you know, basically saying that he kind of threw her under the bus by not speaking out. But then right. in the documentary, it's, oh, well, we're cool. Let's let it go. Let's move on and things like that. Exactly, exactly. And uh, I was just, you know, kind of peeping that that discrepancy uh, within within the documentary. And, and one last thing I kind of wanted to point out, and it's kind of in reference to the conversation last week about the performative bisexuality, when we were talking about Normani and how she was emulating Janet Jackson when she got on stage and was bringing on, on fans. I remember one guest uh, was saying that she also brought on female fans. Janet never did that. <laughs> and I went through a lot of her, uh, a lot of her uh, tour footage. She never brought on a female fan to do, you no. know, kind of flat dance situations. So I just wanted and to clear her fact, name. Yeah, matter of fact, Renee in the documentary, it was, you know, disclosed that Renee was the one who would go through the audience and pick out the guys that exactly, Janet would yep. do lap dances on. He would, you know, talk to them and uh-huh. be like, you know, make sure they wouldn't get up there and do nothing crazy or say anything out of pocket or, you know, grab on her or whatever. And he would pick out the guys and then he'd bring them to the edge of the stage and then Janet would do the whole dance number. So yeah, it was always guys and it was Renee's choice. <laughs> right, so I just, I just wanted to clear uh, Ms. Jackson's name. She, she, she wasn't a part of the performative bisexuality situation, so. Right. Mm. Yeah, I was going to ask Danda man to say three words that start with the letter R so he continue to align my chakras. Go. Uh, Right. Run. Go ahead. I'm ready. Right. Run. (laughs) Rabbit. (laughs) I can't stand y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all are so thirsty in my vision. Dan, thank you for coming and joining me tonight. I appreciate you. No problem. Thank you all and have a great night. <laughs> all right, Dan. Bye. <laughs> Y'all are such a mess. Did you see the chat? That's why I did it. I hope he's not mad at me. No, everybody's throwing water buckets and accusing each other of being thirsty. That's that's why I said that. I am just teasing. I did not want to hypersexualize you, sir. But you got on there, you're like, yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, Janet Jackson and raw. And I was just like, if he could continue to line my chakras, I'd appreciate it. You know, when Dan calls him, he calls him with that deep, sexy voice. So it just turns the chat on, men and women. (laughs) Even the guys are like, hey, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) Dan be turning out the whole chat when he calling. (laughs) I know know he's teasing. I hope you ain't bad. (laughs) No, this was was dope. This was a dope show. I really appreciate everybody just coming through and, and supporting and, you know, it was really cool to hear from everybody about their opinions on the documentary. Lots of good conversations in the chat. I mean, we had over, like, close to 900 people tonight. So thank you to everybody who called in, who listened in. I know, unfortunately, we can't get everybody on the stage. But we're going to be doing more Green Room shows. Um, I'm going to be trying to do one at least once a week. We're going to be doing an upcoming show about Euphoria, the TV show. So if you guys haven't seen it, 
definitely check it out. That's going to be a really good discussion. I'm looking to hear from a lot of teenagers and college people when we do that show. And then we'll also be doing another show about the um, the Hugh Hefner documentary that's going on right now on A&E. Mm-hmm. And all the tea that's being spilled about the Playboy mansion and, you know, all the allegations. So, yeah, we're going to have a lot of really good discussions this month, and I'm really excited for it. So I just want to really thank you guys for just coming through and supporting the platform. Um, Anytime I go live on here, it means a lot to me. So once again, if y'all have not checked out the documentary for Janet Jackson, make sure you guys check it out. It's really good, and you will learn something or take something away from there. Mm-hmm. So on that note, y'all, we are out. Once again, everybody, thank you guys so much for tuning in this evening. We'll talk to y'all later. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure you join us again soon. For all the latest tea, make sure you follow me on my social media pages. Just put in L-O-V-E-L-Y-T-I on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.